the tune, the cat weather. Oh, it's not great out there, is it? Uh, I suppose it's dry. Uh, it did threaten with a bit of rain this morning, but uh, those rain clouds should ease slightly as the day progresses across the northeast. Uh, we're talking four Celsius at the moment. We're going to get up to uh, in between drizzly showers. A high, but you're waiting for it. Are you waiting for it? Ah, we're waiting for a high of seven today. Seven degrees. Can you Christmas Eve it? From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Um, I think there's a very special start to the day today. Welcome to the Northeast Gardening Show. Um, we are going to be yes. talking today about what to plant and get your gardens ready yes. for the yep. spring, which is coming along. You'll have noticed the snowdrops are out, uh, the tulips uh, and daffodils are uh, fighting their way through, and those succulent succulents uh, need a, a nice sunny part of the garden preparing uh, yes. before, of course, we, uh, we get into the harshness of this summer sunshine. Uh, boys, how are we? Oh, terrific. Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> what a weekend. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I just Absolutely. thought it was that proud to be here. That little gardening world musical interlude there. <laughs> oh, wowee. What a weekend, eh? Nobody, nobody's taking responsibility for the show this morning, so... It's, oh, well, uh, I did put it in yesterday saying it was yours, I, <laughs> so... I've been, it, was yours I've been away working all weekend, full of it, full of the, the lurgy, so I haven't prepared a show, right? You haven't pre- prepared okay. a show. No, I um, haven't prepared, mate. Ted, have you prepared a show? <laughs> Friday, yeah, uh, Ted's great. Gone. Ted, All right, Ted. Gone. thanks very Ted. much for tuning in. I did See tell you before, I met. <laughs> I, I asked you three times to turn your mic down, and you haven't. I'm gonna have to cut you off because you've gone. Uh, you've oh, got, fantastic. Wait, call back in, mate, and then uh, when you get that box of so microphones, yeah, can you just turn it down, please? There we go. Wait, He's so. gone. All He's right, gone. well, I'll take He's control. Off. I've got He's some off. stuff going. So. Nobody wants to talk about football nah. anyway this morning. So. Nah. Liverpool did well. well. Congratulations yeah, to Bobby Clark wrong. and the Clark family. Hmm. Yep. Nice little yeah. team of under-18s beating Chelsea's millions. How embarrassing yeah. is that for Chelsea, boys? Oh, massive. Massive. Very. Yeah. Yeah, Pochettino. Do you see Pochettino didn't shake the hand of the owner as well? Stevie boy. Saw that. Yeah, that was embarrassing, wasn't it? Embarrassing. Awful, awful display from Chelsea. Um, fair play yep. to Liverpool. Like, I mean, delighted for, for Bobby Clark. I've, I've known Bobby since since he was knee height or grasshopper, and um, you know his dad was was at Wembley yesterday to witness his son going one step further than he managed to to, to go with with Newcastle. And um, seen the photograph of the medal on uh, on his socials yesterday, and it was it was great to see. But yeah, delighted for uh, you know for, for Bobby Clark in particular. Two Jordy lads, of course. Uh, part of that Liverpool set up as well yesterday and it's good it's, it's good to see youngsters coming through young Ollie Harrison who uh, went to school with my daughter he's at um, he's at Manchester City now and he's in and around the first team 16 years of age so um, you know is the hot better soccer you know now starting to you know the bear the fruits of you know a lot
lot of hard work over the last 10, 15, 20 years. So it's it's great news, fantastic to see. Um, and of course, potentially uh, opens up an extra European place, I guess, for those people chasing. Although I doubt that will be Newcastle after the weekend's performance. But uh, well, I'm sure we will come to that. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good three o'clock kickoff as well at the weekend. It was it was great to see that you know a bit of common sense from the TV companies. Three o'clock in the afternoon, good old-fashioned cup final. Um, and it wasn't the greatest, but um, yeah, good good end of the game. And it's a delight to see Bobby Clark uh, yeah. you know, bringing a medal back home at least. Please, yeah. uh, Lee's, what a sending Lee's off for Klopp pleased. as well, eh? I tell you what, yeah, it, Klopp. I mean, must go down now as one of the best managers that Liverpool have ever had. I mean, it's the most special sort of trophy I can remember Liverpool winning just because of the kids. It was it's literally Klopp's kids. It's Chelsea billion pound bottle jobs. Is that's the that's the headlines that all you'll find on your Monday newspapers is um is Klopp's kids. Uh and that's what's in, most incredible is that he played, you know, young, players as young as 20-year-olds, you know, Harvey Elliott, Connor Bradley started, uh under 20 trio Bobby Clark, Jaden Dans, uh James McConnell coming off the bench. I mean, these are all kids. Uh, that they just needed fresh legs and they were able to still beat billion dollars you know worth of Chelsea team put together which is just a special 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 night for them lads we're going to talk everything about football unfortunately for our three northeast teams I don't What's know Stevie Boy oh no please don't no it's too early no, and no. Is, is Ted back with us yet is he talking through a sock again are you there mate I'm here oh no he's turned it right down I can't I can't hear him <laughs> Well, we are going to get about now. What about now? Oh, hello. Well, you sound oh. like you're in a toilet. Uh, so, but we'll, we'll put up <laughs> Go on, say those emotional oh. words. I haven't changed anything at my end. Yeah, love it. Love it. Open Chrome. Open, Open Chrome. Chrome. Open Chrome. Uh, no, what's That's what that? you need to do. <laughs> As I'm trying to eat my porridge here on the quiet so no, yeah. nobody finds out, but yeah. then I failed miserably. I've just spat it all over yep. the microphone. I have to change that. Yeah, um, disgusting. Love Char- that. Charlie's been on straight away, and he said, uh, "Someone waiting for Morning, the kettle." Morning, Charlie. To, someone waiting for the kettle to boil, lads. Or is it three defeats you can't face? Geordie Charlie in uh, Cyprus. Uh, Who I'm sure yeah, Ted 100%. knows. Ted, do you know Geordie? Do you know? Do you know Geordie Charlie? Oh, has Ted He's gone, gone again? Completely. <laughs> We're having. Earth to Cyprus, Earth to Cyprus, come in Cyprus. Is Steve there? I'm still here, mate. Oh, yeah, Steve's there, Steve's there. On. Oh, Ted's, Ted's <laughs> struggling. Yeah, just, just, let's just get on with it, fellas. Let's just, when, right. when he comes back, he comes back. Steve, All I don't right. remember a time us doing this radio show. Obviously, we started, what, end of last year. Uh, that we come in on a Monday morning to find all three teams lost. I don't think we've ever had to do that before, have we? No, it's, there's always something, at least a draw. Um, but yeah, I mean, bad weekend, yeah. bad weekend for everybody. To be fair, um, you know, I mean, I'm happy to start with Newcastle and get it out of the way. It was, yeah, do you it. Know, it, it. It was to be expected, I, I guess. Um, you know, I, I, part of me, the, the the optimistic part of me, felt that Newcastle could have, you know, with with the players that they had available, you know, gone and got something at, at the Emirates, and you know, it was, you know, just the kind of. Kind of hope you have as a youngster, I guess. So you know, it was it was it was misplaced optimism. Sadly, um, got off to the worst possible start and never really recovered. It was um, it was dismal. It, you know, at, at times uh, the you know the the, the defence, which was our you know strongest 
part of our team last season is 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 copping the blame, but it's the midfield that's letting us down. Sean Longstaff was was poor again at the weekend. Lewis Miley's now suffering for for you know for for, for having to play so many games as as a seventeen year old. Yeah. He's it's a, you know, probably probably affecting you know his confidence and affecting his development at the moment, having to play as many games um, as as he is. Bruno Gomares has decided, you know, or been told one of the two that you know he's got to avoid this suspension. Um, so yeah. he's not putting a tackle in. So there's your three midfielders who you know have all you know are all going through you know some kind of bad bad stage of form, and it's it, it's it's affecting the game, it's affecting the team, and and the back four is the. Is, is, is you know they're they're the ones who are copping it as I say they're copping the criticism from the supporters but people need to look at the midfield. He made the big change which everyone had been talking about, which was you know the left back situation. Yeah, he took Tino. Dan Burn out the firing line. He put Tino Livramento in. Um, some people seem to think Tino had a good game. I, I just didn't see it. Um, I, I, I don't think there's anybody who could walk off the pitch, uh, you know, and say that they had a good game. So I genuinely felt that you know. Uh, he, he, he had to make the decision after the previous week, but you know to drop to to drop Burn and play Tino and Tino to then be part of a, a team that's lost four one again. It's it's you know it's not going to do his confidence any good. And, and he made a change in the goalkeeping uh, department as well. It's a strange one because Debravka was training on Friday, and you know from from my perspective, I, 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 to hear that he's suddenly ill and didn't travel. I, find it hard to believe um, was he told on mm-hmm. Friday that he wasn't playing on Saturday and he's decided not to travel himself he's done it before with re- with regards to, to Newcastle you know spat the dummy out um, so for, from my perspective to see Carrius in goal was a big big surprise a big shock yep. um, he played okay um, he did what he had to do um, you know, I think you know. I think his distribution's probably better than than Debravka's, um, but but all in all, it's pretty much the same as, as having Debravka in goal. There's no there was no great difference, and you know he ended up picking the ball out the net four times. Uh, Alexander Rizak might as well have sat in the stands. You know, he never had any never had any balls put to him. Um, no chance of you know no real chance of doing anything. You know, up front with, with without any supply line. And Joe Willock, um, probably the only bright spark on the day, came on as a sub, and 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 you know broke the broke the hoodoo, you know got got a goal. Um, Newcastle hadn't scored down there for over seven hundred minutes, so for Joe Willock to get the goal and you know give us give us a consolation was you know w- w- was great. But bad day at the office. Um, positives from the weekend, well, some of the results went our way above us, but. Honestly, um, I think the only way Newcastle will get into Europe next season is, you know, in the pre-season friendlies. Um, I, I, I can't yeah. see it at the moment. It's it, it, there's there's a there's a crisis of confidence in that team. We had it at December, and now it's come back again. And we've got a game on Tuesday in the FA Cup tomorrow. It's it's make or break. It's uh, for our season. Newcastle go out tomorrow night. That that's it. Um, you know, you've only got league place and uh, you know to, to look at, and yeah, it's it's, it's just doom and gloom. Uh, you know, there's there's obviously positives. Uh, you know, there's there's positives in in that dressing room this season, but there's a, there's a lot of negatives, and it's just the amount of goals we're conceding. Um, you can't. Is that down to Nick Pope? Is that down to the fact that Nick Pope got injured, and you know that the the the, the back four haven't you know haven't. Adapted to having Dubravka in goal or Carrius uh, as it was at the weekend, 
it shouldn't be. These are professional footballers. Um, yeah. we're, we're getting we're getting torn apart, and, and that didn't happen last year. And I think the big thing for us, the big thing for us as well, is that there's no there was no effort at the weekend, and and that at any at, at any level of football, you know, is unacceptable. Um, that's the minimum that a fan expects, especially a fan that's travelled to London on a Saturday afternoon for an eight o'clock kickoff on a Saturday night with no chance of getting back. You know, using using a train or, or or a plane, you've got to you've got to either get a bus back and you know get back at you know six seven o'clock in the morning or stay down, which is going to cost you extra money. So you know yeah. they've slapped the fans in the face with that performance. Um, you know we could a lot. You know we we could have put a lot more effort in and we didn't. And that's that's what hurts supporters. Uh, you know, as as the the wake up this morning, looking back at that result over the weekend. But we're lucky. We've got a game tomorrow night. We've got an FA Cup game, which could get us a place in the quarterfinals. You win next weekend against Wolves, which is a tough ask. They've just gone above us in the Premier League table, and suddenly, uh, you know, suddenly, uh, you know, everything's okay again. That's that's how fickle football is. But there needs to be a major, major <coughs> examination um, into this season. I think when 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 it all finishes and. Off the pitch, things aren't right. Uh, you know, there's lots of negativity on social media about ID checks at the stadium again. You know, some one kid replied to me on X last night saying, "Yeah, but that's because it's 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 just it's a stop touting, Steve. It's it's done the polar opposite. Um, it's 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 basically haranguing and harassing supporters who've travelled all the way down the country and put them on a knife edge as to whether they're going to get into the ground. Um, what it's actually done." Um, you know the, the way that they do the away tickets now is it's 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 created a black market online. It's just took the it's took the actual tout away from outside the ground and put them online. And it's probably it's probably given an opportunity for more people to sell tickets. You know, uh, in that in that way for an inflated price, and we've seen it. So that's one thing. But we've you know I've I've mentioned it on here a couple of times. You know that we've got the club in dispute with supporters. We've got um, you know ballots, the ballot that came out at the start of the season where people are you know people now were coming were coming into the last six home games and people haven't actually won a ballot yet for, to go to a game. You know it was always going to be the case that, that the club haven't listened on that. The club really need to start waking up and listening to what people are saying and and, and the communication needs to be improved. We've had we've had communication from 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 the the owners over the last two years, but that was when things were going well. This season, things have slipped a little bit, haven't gone as well, and, and we're seeing a bit of a touche turtle movement here by by some people at the club. They're they're, they're withdrawn into their shell and not as not as uh, communicative and that's not a good thing you need to come out and you need to speak and I don't say this is I'm not criticizing the club here let me let me get that right what I'm saying but I'm being a critical friend I'm 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 giving the club advice because at the moment you know you know it it's not going well and you need to address it and something needs to happen and on the pitch that's up to Eddie Howe to get to get things right but off the pitch, it's it's up to the owners and those people who they employ in certain positions to get things right, um, and it, you know it's not working. Could be a lot worse. It's been a lot worse, um, you know. And and you know, I'm not I'm not naive enough to say that you know things haven't improved over the last two years. But we've hit a brick wall, and you know things need to change and things need to be looked at and things need to be addressed. And that's up to the people at the club. So. So yeah, disappointing. Um, we'll be looking. We'll be looking ahead to the Blackburn game, obviously tomorrow. 
Um, but yeah, we, we're lucky we've got a game quickly to, to recover from and, and get into. And uh, just just getting back to the football, Harvey Barnes, what did he, what did what's he done wrong to, to find himself on the bench? I know sometimes these things are tactical, etc. But Harvey Barnes has looked our best player in the last couple of weeks. You know, um, found himself on the bench, and I found that bizarre. Um, you know, to, to to go to go into a game against Arsenal and, and drop somebody, drop somebody who'd been pl- performing well, and I, I'm not really sure what kind of message that that sends out to, to you know to Harvey Barnes. But yeah, look, disappointing lads. Um, you know, it, it's it is what it is. Um, you know, some people would say, well, you're going to Arsenal, you should expect that they're running for the league, you're not. But you know, overall, disappointing weekend for 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 us. But a, a good weekend for me. Um, was nice to despite the. Dreaded Lurgy, me and Nobby, me and Nobby Solano going on the train up to Dundee this weekend, uh, both <laughs> coughing all over each other for the best part of uh, three hours, um, and then having to put on the brave face and fill ourselves full of paracetamol as as we, as we got on the stage. Um, but it was it was great. Well done, any Casting United Scotland Supporters Association for putting on their very first event. Not easy to put events on, um, especially when you know you're you're in somewhere which which you know isn't in the heart of of Newcastle, um, and to pull in a hundred. 30 fans like they did from all different parts of Scotland was was absolutely fantastic and they were raising money for three charities as well um, you know which included the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation um, and the Teenage Cancer Trust um, and, and overall just great great to be able to see lots of you know like-minded Newcastle fans some were expats some people who'd uh, you know moved up to, to Scotland many years ago some living in uh, Dundee some from you know, Glasgow Kilmarnock Edinburgh people had travelled all over for the event and um, it was it was great and again, very similar to, to what I was saying before. People, lots of people. Those are the kind of fans who were in the ballot. Um, and I met eight eight fans who were all who who'd all been in the ballot this season and still not won a single ticket. Um, and that's a cross section of supporters in in you know who who are going at the ballot on a regular basis. Crazy that like really is, and and they're not looking at this. They need to look at that system. But but overall, yeah, great night. Don't know what the final total was that they made, uh, but I'm sure we'll be back up in Dundee soon for another for another talk game. But well done to the lads, and uh, it was a pleasure to spend uh, a, a, a weekend with Nobby um, and uh, chew the fat about Newcastle United. Good stuff. And oh, we've got a bit of suspenseful, excellent. dramatic film soundtrack here oh. because we need to know whether okay. I think Ted's with us. Is Ted with us? Come in, Ted. It's up, it's up. I'm only taking the mic, of course. Norman Collier. It's Norman Collier, Ted. Norman Collier, Ted. All right, oh. get rid of the suspense music then. He's with us. He's yes. with us. Yes, yes. Get rid of your suspenders, I'm back. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, first of all, apologies, but um, I'm not going to blame my technology that I paid for. It's this horrible studio um, software that just does what it it's wants. It's horrible when studio. It wants. It's funny. It does, it does what it wants. It does what it wants. Blame Windows, it does what it wants. It does what it <laughs> you know, it's strange, we don't have any problems on any of the shows, it's just you lads, maybe we're all just dinosaurs on this programme, I don't know, who knows? Probably. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, speaking of no, dinosaurs, <laughs> I think we would have, I yep. think we actually would have benefited from a bit of old-fashioned 442 on Saturday. Oh my um, God. Honestly. I don't even want to talk football. No, I don't. We've got to do news headlines, though. We haven't done news headlines. We should get into our news headlines and get them out of the way for the three clubs. And then we can come back and give you more exciting reviews of the three Northeast teams that played football (laughs) this weekend. Then we're going to get back into why nitrogen is good for your flowers this time of year. Nice. (laughs) But we'll do all that after this. 
together across the northeast three brand new radio stations by the fans for the fans on DAB radio online and smart speakers right Smoggies and proud Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. Happy Monday. And I say happy with a big smile and grin on my face. Michael Carrick says Middlesbrough must quickly move on from their Plymouth Argyle loss. And what a loss it was. With Borough and Boss admitting the only thing to come out of the weekend that was positive was the return of Emmanuel Latte Lath. Borough's lack of consistency since November is now keeping in tow with Carrick's side failing to build on the victory last weekend at Leicester City. Carrick was largely been happy with the performance of late even when results had not gone their way, but even he conceded after that game, not many things went right. The result leaves Borough 11 points off the playoffs places with 13 games remaining and now actually closer to the relegation zone than the playoffs ahead of Saturday's trip to Stoke City. And with that in mind, Carrick was clear on the plans for the week ahead of one that he has demanded more from his players. He told BBC T's, Manu is back and that's the only positive. He hadn't done a lot of training in the week before this one, but to have him back out there on the pitch was still good. With the games coming up in mind, it's good to have a striker. Apart from that, no, there was no positives to take. Well, I sound positive, don't I? And I know you all are too, Borough fans. On to Stoke and we love this club. That's all we can be. That's your Borough Headlines. Magpies and Proud, Mags News. Good morning, Newcastle fans. The Castle United women booked their spot in the FA Women's National League Cup final thanks to a 90th-minute strike from Georgia Gibson in front of the Gallagher end yesterday. United took the lead through Charlotte Potts, who headed into the far corner, but Portsmouth rallied and got back on level terms through Emma Jones when she dinked the ball over a sliding Grace Donnelly. Just as the fourth official held up seven minutes added on, Katie Barger picked out an unmarked Gibson who got a deft touch on the ball to guide it into the far corner and send another big St James's Park crowd wild. It was a close contest with both sides showing off their quality and trading blows in front of a bumper 22,307 strong attendance, but it was United who came out victorious. Newcastle's run of five games unbeaten in League and Cup came to an abrupt end at the Emirates on Saturday night, losing 4-1. In a game that's best to forget for all involved, there was a late consolation for ex-gunner Joe Willock, which ended our goal drought at the Arsenal. And there was a decisive intervention for Jan Kuba Minty on Sunday, who came off the bench on the hour mark against Almia City. And with the score goalless, the Newcastle unloaned striker scored two goals to win Feyenoord all three points. That's in Newcastle headlines on Monday the 26th of February. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Morning Sunderland fans, not a lot to celebrate I'm afraid. Mike Dodds has had a say on whether Sunderland will make the playoffs after their defeat to Swansea City. Dodds tactics didn't come off this time around as he opted to play five at the back with three centre-backs. Sunderland struggled to get the grips with the new shape and found themselves 2-0 down at half-time. Despite Lugo 9 grabbing a goal deep into the second half, Sunderland sunk to their third defeat in a row. Dodd said, There are still 12 games to go and I'm going to be really naturally optimistic because I know we have some really good players. The result today isn't going to help us push for the top six, but we still have 12 games to go. I'm still confident in the way we work. I'm still confident in terms of the group we've got. Former Newcastle United captain Scott Parker is now the bookmaker's favourite to replace Michael Beale at Sunderland. 
Talk about Sunderland's next appointment are cool, but Bookies are now back in a shock front runner in the in the race. Ex-Toon skipper Parker has been out of work since losing his job at Club Bruges last season. His last job in English football came at Bournemouth, where he was sacked just four games into the 2022-23 campaign, after leading them to promotion, of course. Parker also won the Championship playoff final as Fulham manager back in 2020. But his Newcastle allegiances may prove an obstacle for Sunderland supporters. The 43-year-old spent two years on Tyneside during the mid-2000s, taking over the armband in uh, 2006 following Alan Shearer's retirement. And finally, big congratulations to former Sunderland youth team player James McConnell, who has won the Carabao Cup with Liverpool against Chelsea. McConnell joined Liverpool from Sunderland at under-15 level, one of a number of impressive and high-profile youngsters to depart the stadium light under the ownership of Madrox during the club's relegation to League One. There are your headlines this morning. Magpies and Proud, Mag News. Well, I'm not going to read the headlines out again. <laughs> <laughs> That was fantastic, that one. Oh, wait. Excellent. Monday. Monday it's morning gold swimmingly. <laughs> <laughs> We're having fun. Oh, Nobody's, wow. Nobody knew who was doing the show. The mic don't work. <laughs> Dave was late. He spat porridge on the equipment. <laughs> he dinged his ball during Rise headlines. Honestly. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's what happens when you get three defeats for a Sunderland Newcastle. Yeah, it all yeah, goes to sleep. shock, doesn't it? It all goes yeah, to shock. Righto, let's kick it off. We're going to get Middlesbrough out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get it out of the way because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, we've heard from about Steve, obviously, Newcastle losing 4-1 to Arsenal. Middlesbrough lost Plymouth-Argyle 2-0 at home as our home form continues to be absolutely abysmal. I am going to try and stay as lighthearted as I can here on the radio, but that was one of the worst games of football I've ever sat down and watched. Uh, Middlesbrough registered zero shots on target for the whole 90 minutes. That's right, zero shots on target. So imagine sitting there at 2 a.m. doing a watch-along, watching your team have zero shots on targets. Yes, that's as much fun as I had. Then we saw the substitutions of Finnis Zaz and Riley McGree, arguably our two most creative midfielders, off in the 55th minute, which has been unlike Carrick, who has been making subs in the 80th minute. Michael Carrick after the game said, it's all on him and he got, he set up today's team wrong. He said, looking back, he said, the only positive I had was Manu coming back. Well, you're not wrong there. It was a shocking afternoon for Middlesbrough. We just weren't out of it right from the get-go. We had optimism going in. We were at the six medals before the game, mm. live here on the red. Uh, and the, opt- and the, 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 the overwhelming response was that we were going to get a 2-1 victory. After beating Leicester, you'd think that maybe that sort of just turns the tide of the season, maybe the positive in the lads to take that back home to a packed riverside on a sunny afternoon would be enough. Well, it wasn't. The boys started off sluggishly. Michael Carrick ringing in three changes, going away from that back three or back five, you should say, that worked so well against Leicester, back to a normal fourth, two, three, one. Sammy Silvera leading the line as well, and unfortunately, Middlesbrough just could not get out of the box. We had no shots on target. We had no real attacking threat. We were outside the box. I think the ball went into the box in the first half once and maybe in the second half twice, and that was about it. All the shots that Middlesbrough had to create were from outside the box, i.e. registering no shots on target. It was a disastrous afternoon and pretty much labels us a mid-table finish now. There's, I just don't see us getting anywhere near those playoffs. And in fact, like I said in the headlines, Middlesbrough are now closer to the relegation zone than they are the playoffs. And we just need to focus on now just trying to get a couple more results just to secure that mid-table finish and just crawl to the end of the line that is this season so that we can get into a summer and rebuild, which we need to do. We need a striker. 
It's as simple as that. We need a striker. We cannot keep playing without a striker. We saw the return of Latte Lath, and hopefully uh, he'll be obviously able to start. But I tell you what, even he had a lot of work to do in that second half, and he looked a bit off it, obviously coming back after a severe injury layoff, not playing since that Chelsea hamstring. And, of course, he's the only fit striker now available to the Borough. It's, uh, it's going to be a long few games. Uh, Middlesbrough seem to be able to do well against the top teams and struggle against the bottom teams. It's always been our sort of classic borough mentality. But unfortunately, Middlesbrough now travels to Stoke City and guess what? They're in a relegation battle. And the social media sort of outlook to that is, well, if you need three points and you're in a relegation battle, look no further than the borough to help you out because... Borough now travel to Stoke. Stoke beat us in the reverse fixture after a bad run of fixtures. Again, they only now travel down to Stoke uh, on a Saturday afternoon and trying to find three points away from home. Arguably, the only optimism we have is that our away form is better than our home form. Go figure that. It's going to be a tough afternoon at Stoke. Uh, we're going to have to try and see if Michael Carrick rings in the changes. You would argue that Senny Diang, Matt Clark, Latte Lath, those types of players need to start this weekend. We need to dig in for the most ugliest draw against Stoke or even a, uh, three points against Stoke this weekend. Arguably one of the worst performances I've ever seen, Dave. Uh, I can't remember looking back um, and, and thinking of a, of, of a much worse performance. The only positive I took out of the weekend was an amazing food bank that we saw set up by the fans post, uh, prior to the match. Yeah. Yeah, that was the highlight of the weekend. So it tells you what you know tells you all about what happened on the pitch. Um, horrible. Um, I mean, it's the the first time I've seen the Riverside so empty towards the end of a game. Uh, so many people just yeah. wandering away. Uh, timing is not perfect, is it? I mean, that that's very damaging. And the reason why it's very damaging is it comes straight on the back of this this dispute between club and fans about season cards. Exactly. And there's so many people were sitting around me at the Riverside on Saturday saying, "Well, that's it." That's made my mind up. I'm not renewing next season. Now I know some of that will be in yeah. the moment, and when it comes to uh, getting that, getting the disappointment of the the display at the Riverside out of the system, a few of them will reconsider. But I bet a few don't, um, because there's a few guys sit around me I actually know quite well, know personally, and you know they would um, if they're telling me they're not renewing, then they won't renew because I know them. I know the character. I know what type of guys they are. So. Uh, yeah. Timing, timing's absolutely everything, and I think we've shot ourselves in the foot by putting in the worst display of the season um, straight off the back of, uh, of of all the issues that were building up to that game. I suppose you could ask the question: Has uh, has this row between club and fans uh, disrupted He's things? I was going to ask you that. Uh, I was going to ask you. That. I really don't see how that can impact Michael Carrick and the players. If it was going to disrupt anything, it would be the running, the operations of the club, uh, the communications of the club. Uh, I really don't see that would impact the players. And, and the reason why I say that is I've seen glimpses of that performance in other games this season. You know, even before the season ticket renewal details were, were, were issued. Now, you only see them for a half and then the borough come out and correct it. Or you see them for parts of a game um, and then they sort themselves out. This was just 90 minutes of unexciting, um, unentertaining. I, I, I hate to use the term football because it really didn't resemble a football match. And uh, there were boos at the Riverside as early as the first goal going in. And that was scored on oh. seven minutes. Then there were more boos when the yeah. second goal went in, which was just short of the half hour. Um, and they just continued, you know, at half time when the whistle went. 
Um, there were a lot of boos, so there's a lot of dissatisfaction in amongst the stems at the riverside. Uh, and then when you see the riverside empty, as empty as it was when the full-time whistle went, I've never seen that in a long, long time. It, it just shows you what dissatisfaction there is circulating around the fans. Yeah, no, it was shocking. Um, unfortunately, as well Michael for me... Carrick, Michael was, Carrick came out and said he thought the, played, the lads played well. I mean, where, where does he get that from? I mean, I obviously didn't see the game. Um, but, you know, he, he basically said the boys tried and gave their best today. The longer it went, the harder it became, and that's on me today. I'll take that one. So he accepted responsibility, but, you know, he clearly saw something that he was pleased with. But listening to you two guys, there was nothing to be happy about. There was nothing to be happy no, about. No, not one player can put their hand up and say they played well on that on that game. I'm sorry, there isn't one. Uh, all the boys were off. Just him it. protecting his players um, then. And yeah, it was. I think it was. Possibly, it was yeah. trying. To, it was trying to him take the onus. It was 100 percent him trying to take the onus off the boys and put it on his back. He was trying to say, "Look, this is my fault. I got the team selection wrong. I got the tactics wrong. I got the every you know and put it on my shoulders. Don't put it on the boys." And and again, is you know that's what you have to do as a gaffer sometimes. Is you need to take you know because you can tell it's been an arguably frustrating week for Borough. We came off the back of last week of a team meeting uh, where the supporter group sat down with Steve Gibson and arguably Steve Gibson was irate in that meeting saying, look, I've had to raise the prices because I need to run this club how I need to run the club so that it's profitable. Uh, and, you know, and then you guys are coming out and saying that you're going to protest against me after everything I've done sort of thing. So it's just, it's it's a really, really icy sort of atmosphere at the moment between club and fans you saw that the protest was cancelled because they were happy with the under-18s and that. But then the plans, and the fans, sorry, ended up leaving anyway because of the performance. So whether it was the protest or not, the fan, most fans were leaving by halftime anyway. I mean, the, the Riverside was, was, I was looking at it on the screen and the more empty seats were, was, you know, was damning. You could see the crowd. I mean, the loudest thing was the, I was at 1800, I think it was, uh, Plymouth fans in the tight corner of the Riverside. They were the absolute loudest and they've been up since 4am to come up to the borough so it was disgusting it was shocking it's one that I, I, I it's one of the worst performances I've seen from a Middlesbrough outfit in a very long time uh, and we're very 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 far off it at the moment I'll go I'll go as far as saying that is the worst borough performance I've seen in several years it wasn't just this season um, there, there seemed to be so many disconnects there, so, there seemed to be so much um Disconnect is the best word between players on the field. Uh, you couldn't, un- you couldn't really understand the tactics we were trying to employ. Uh, there was no urgency. You know, Plymouth were better on the ball. They were faster in possession. They looked more dangerous when they attacked. They looked more confident on the field. And the Riverside has become a bit of a playground for away teams this season. You know, uh, our, yeah, our away record is better than our home record, and I just don't understand yeah, exactly. it. I don't know how we've turned our home ground into that sort of welcoming place where away teams must come. Apart from Leicester City, away teams must come and they must go. Hey, we've got a chance of winning today. The bookies had the bu- mm-hmm. had Plymouth yes uh, on Saturday five to one to win in a two horse race. That's what the bookies saw, and. We just see it repeated over and over again. We see teams, poor teams, coming to the Riverside and turning us over this season. I just, I, I just don't get it. I really don't. We've got yeah. a far better squad, even with the injuries, than half of these teams that come to the Riverside, and yet we just fail to perform over and over again. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. There's got to be, like Steve said as well, when he was saying and asking that Newcastle have a bit of a look back 
at the end of the season of what maybe went wrong. Well, I'll tell you what, Middlesbrough got to do it. And I tell you, and for me, the first part is the recruitment in January. January really did put a burner on our season. We lost Rogers, we lost Matt Crooks, obviously, but we were so desperate for a striker and Middlesbrough weren't willing to throw money down the drain. I get that, but it has left us seriously, seriously short. And I can argue that watching a game of football for 90 minutes with zero shots on target is the worst imaginable thing you can put a fan through. It was horrid. And if you can't throw money down a drain to get a shot on target, then, you know, then you, then you, it sums it up. We've got Latte last back now. Again, that's the only positive. He's our only fit striker. Maybe he can get a few more shots on target, maybe starting against Stoke next weekend. The best thing is that Stoke are currently in the relegation zone for the first time this season. They fell after a loss on the weekend into 22nd spot, and Middlesbrough will travel to Stoke now next weekend. But we all know what we like when we play against Rotherham and teams down below, uh, and we saw that against Plymouth as well, who have not have won two away games this whole season, by the way, uh, and that was their third win on the weekend. Anyway, that's enough about Borough. We've spoken about Newcastle, got that out of the way. We've got Borough out of the way. Let's get Sunderland out of the way. And then we're going to talk about gardening, cars, and everything that makes us happy. Maybe Fairy Floss or something like that. Uh, Sunderland, obviously, at home. Yeah, you know, Fairy what do you call You call it cotton candy, don't you? You call it cotton candy, no, don't that's you? No, the Americans. We call it candy floss. Candy floss. Candy floss. Yeah. Candy candy floss. floss. <laughs> Yeah. You guys, what are you guys going to be doing? All right. What was that snigger for? Floss. We're not different. We invented it, mate. <laughs> yeah. We just took it over with you. Candy floss. Candy floss doesn't make sense. Well, now they're just fairy floss. It does. I mean, at least at least little fairies Man, came and made like, the sugar and your voice to go higher so bats can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> There's dogs in my street going nuts. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to talk about Sunderland even more because I was going to be nice oh. to him, but now I stuff him. Sunderland absolutely choked on the weekend. It was funny to see. They went to, they had Swansea. We all predicted a 3-1 victory to Sunderland. Well, I know at least I did. Sunderland were uh, desperate for a win, obviously, since the sacking of Beal uh, and Mike Dolls coming in uh, to try and get a win against Swansea City, who, again, were in not the best form. They are sitting in 17th uh, and they travelled to Sunderland, uh, Sunderland probably... Again, the bookies' favourite to get an absolute walloping and Sunderland were unable to do it. The time I looked over at halftime, it was 2-0 to Swansea. And then in the second half, Sunderland were able to bring one back through Luke 09. Ted, what happened to the Dodds? Well, a, a, a well-worn expression of this show now from me. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, so it was a, a, a he hinted already on on Friday there was going to be a, a sort of a, a surprise to the lineup. There was uh, Callum Styles made his debut, um, albeit as left wing back, and yeah, we shifted to three centre backs, the wing backs, and then the, the 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 rest of the side was kind of it was odd. It was a weird lineup playing um, Abdullah Bar out on the left, where you would expect to see him either centrally or playing on the right. Um, None of what I predicted uh, came to fruition. Uh, Rusin was left to kind of plough his own channel again. That kid never stops working hard, and and he was one of the few to come off with any real credit, to be honest. Um, we missed um, we missed that creativity from Clark. Obviously, you know, a, a player like Jack Clark who's being rumoured in that twenty to twenty five million pound bracket. Of course, you are going to miss someone like that in your team. Um, however. You know, you look around the squad and you think, okay, well, there's still enough about this squad to to put pay to that. Um, 
it just got off to the worst possible start. The team looked like strangers, and I don't. I, I feel like it was the shape. I feel like it was this whole three centre backs. It's something that this season I don't recall us playing. I can't recall us doing it at any time last season either. I know Mogger's not really a big fan of that anyway. Um, there were players who previously have impressed, but over the last couple of games um, have, have really gone backwards. And Helder is one of them. Um, that, that debut we had against Borough, we all said, you know, he looked solid. He looked like he'd had a really good game, made some key interceptions. Um, for the for the second goal, Helder was kind of, he was, he was out of position as the left centre-back. Um, he was standing around kind of, you know when you kind of you know when you shine a laser pen for a cat and it kind of it's looking all over the place for it and it's trying to anticipate where it's going to go next, but it's actually stood still. That's exactly what Helder was like in the second goal. Um, so he he really had a bad one. Um, Callum Styles, I feel heartily sorry for. Um, he was played out at left wing back. Now he has played there a little bit in the past, but by trade he's and for his international team for, for Hungary he plays as a central midfielder and he's even said in the interview after well my natural position and my favourite position is actually in, in in a central role and you're kind of thinking so so was that conversation had at all <laughs> you know prior to the game go well alright gaffer I'll, I'll do what you need us to do but my preferred position is this that would have been you know maybe a decent conversation to have so 2-0 down, um, the shape absolutely did not work. Um, Dodds did change it like very, very quickly, but by then the damage is done. Um, without any word of a lie, it, it could have been about 5 or 6 nil at half-time to Swansea. They really were all over us. Credit to them, mind, uh, because any time we did get the ball, um, they, they put men behind the ball, they, they made it really difficult to break them down. Um, I, I genuinely think those players are, are, are lying to Luke Williams, their manager, because their, their position in the league was, was no indication of how well they played. They did play very, very well. Um, yeah, it was just so frustrating to watch. Um, you know, we had the same problems. We, we had Job, who's so easy to push off the ball. Equa kind of grew into the game a little bit, but he had a stinker of a first half. Dan Neal was even quiet as well. I love Dan Neal. He's been in, in good form recently. Um, yeah, and obviously, you know, missing Dan Ballard through suspension as well. You look at somebody like that, yeah, you start and miss them. The, the one thing that like sort of irks me a little bit with the defensive situation is we had someone who was coming through really nicely in Nectar Triantis, and they've sent him out on loan to Hibs he's been dropped by Hibs and and you've got Helder in there who kind of is looking more and more like well Leeds must be absolutely delighted that, that, that they've managed to get rid of him um, it, it's just weird I, I just find some of the decision making uh, process at the club very very strange what I will say is Swansea have hung their hat on a manager who I think is, is going places and maybe Sunderland, uh, well, Sunderland fans in particular, me included, I'm, I'm just as guilty of this, maybe we need to stop being as precious and actually have a look at some of these managers who, who are coming through the ranks. Luke Williams took Notts County back into the league. Um, obviously, he was featured in the whole Wrexham documentary as well as like, like their, their nemesis, I guess. Um, but he's got them really, really well organised. I was, I was really impressed by them. Haven't spent an awful lot of money... Um, but yeah, I, I thought a good advert for young English managers out there. 
uh, and somebody we could potentially, you know, th that, that kind of model is something we really need to start and take a look at. The Scott Parker thing obviously is quite worrying um, because he'll not be given a chance by anybody with the, uh, with the Newcastle links, of course. But back to the game, um, second half, a lot better, admittedly, but really it couldn't get any worse. Uh, we're chasing the game. Luke O'Neill took his goal really, really well, over the moon for the lad. But even a 2 1 down, I'm kind of thinking there's just not enough about them. Um, it was strange tactics, it was strange selection from Dodds. He's, he's taken it, I mean, he, he's, he's in the position there. He said he was going to make bold decisions, and that's what he's, he's going to do for the rest of the season. But. You know, it, it just kind of, it wasn't a Sunderland performance. We expected to see us, right, okay, great. Bale's gone, we can get back to the, the attacking football, you know, with pace, with, 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 with a bit of fight about them, all that kind of thing. And it just looks, it looked wrong. It just, it was just weird. It was the most un-Sunderland performance of the season so far. And the experiment with the shape, I, I love Dodsey and I know he's well respected in the club. But that, that experiment, was it wasn't the time or the place to do that. It, it, we didn't need to do that. We had very, very simple answers to, to the problem in terms of what was on the bench. You play Rusin on the wing, you, you stick Barr on the right wing, you give Hamir a chance up front. And that would have worked. That would have absolutely worked. And it, it would have been a, a shape that is natural to the players and not take them out of their comfort zone when they've already suffered two defeats in a row. That's not the time to start messing about and, and, and start experimenting. They need to play themselves back into form. But, I mean, the, the good news is we've got an ideal opportunity to do it now because uh, we've only got Norwich, Leicester and Southampton the next three games. Oh, Easy run. Ah, it's disastrous. <laughs> disastrous. The thing is yeah, now, well, and, we... and I, I feel the frustration from the, from the Borough lot as well, obviously, you know, listening to you guys, uh, it's kind of almost like a mirror image of our game, I suppose. But do you just feel now that, like, we're not looking at, well, which one's going to finish higher? It's more of a case of which one's going to finish lowest. I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore from a Borough point of view. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at to see how how much we can save till the, till the end of the season in, in, in terms of staying out of the relegation battle. We are just so up and down and consistency that, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's probably, I mean, we're, we're, there's no way we'd be focusing on playoffs anymore. And I'm starting to buy into that whole social media aspect that the Borough have sort of thrown this season away, hoping for a big build up next season, especially with the injuries to Hayden Hackney and Johnny House and, uh, and keeping them on ice as well. Uh, there are the rumours that Hayden Hackney's been put on ice because there were the heavy uh, sort of, you know, sales uh, points of view uh, coming this summer and maybe they put him on ice just to hide I him away till next not. season to have a right push. I genuinely uh, think And exactly not. like, exactly right. And there's, there's, you know, there are there are some, you know, sort of tactics and game management's there that you can probably read into, but, you know, you, you wait and see. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, it's a battle of who finishes lower at the moment. Uh, you know, Middlesbrough have gotten it wrong, albeit keeping the same manager. And Sunderland seem to have gotten it wrong more off the pitch than they have on the pitch. I feel like you've still got a strong team. I thought Rusin and everyone like that on their day, but you know, when they've got managers coming in left, right, and centre, it's probably hard to get any consistency what? when there's no consistency off the pitch. What do you think the club should do in this case? Now, a question to all your lads as well. Mm. What do you think Sunderland's ownership should do now? Do they do they wait until the summer and appoint somebody, or no. does this need actually right make a decision on your head coach, get them in to see what they've got to work with, and then obviously you know work on it over the summer? Is is it something that needs to be done now? And is Scott Parker actually the man to do that? 
Nah, that, we'll stop, we'll stop right. you, Steve. Nah. Scott Parker's not the man, mate. No, definitely not. I don't think that's a great appointment at all. Um, honestly, I would stick with Dodds until the end of the season. Um, it, reason being that I think changing managers, you know, uh, it, the, the, the kind of rate you're talking about never does well in the dressing room. You know, to go from, you know, Mogger to Beal to, you know, well, Mogger to Dodds to Beal to Dodds to another. I don't think that I don't yeah. think that's a recipe for success at all um, at any club. So you know, the, you know, can, it, you know, it's not going to lead to relegation this season. But I mean, uh, Newcastle did that, didn't it? They had um, you know they had Allardyce, um, you know they had Keegan, they had Kinnear. Um, you know, it's it, just crazy, crazy trying to go through some kind of process in, in a dressing room. Twelve points off the bottom three, Steve. Mm, yeah, I, I, I still think you'd be fine. It's not time for uh, a knee jerk, is it? Though that's that would be so yeah. destabilising. You know what if you Dodds will give you, Dodds will give you that kind of stabilisation. That's what I was looking for, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was if I was sitting there in the chief exec's chair, I'd be saying to to KLD, what you need to do now is you need to be building for next season. You know, if we if we make a knee jerk reaction and pull some manager in now. Who's not? Who we've not really done our full homework on because we did that on Beal and it turned out to be a disaster. So we've taken our eye off the ball. You know, you could you could actually create a worse situation than you're in now. You know, the instability in the dressing room, yet somebody else with different ideas and a different voice leading the players. Uh, the instability from a club perspective, because how many managers is this you'll have had this season? You know, my advice would be Dodds is good enough with the squad we've got. To take that risk of staying in the table, we're not going to get sucked into a relegation battle. We're not. And what you should be doing is spending all your time now lining up who your first choice is going to be and doing everything you can to go and get them. So what you've got to do is you've got to look at who's out of work, but you've also got to look at who's in work, whose contracts are coming to an end in the summer. So who's yeah. available. And on top Spend of that... Money, and on top of that... You've then got to look at who's still in contract through the summer, who we might be willing to get if they are absolutely nailed on, 100%, the best candidate for the job. And we've got to spend some, we've got to spend some money yeah. on compensation. So you've got between now and this season ending to get your homework done, to, to start talking to pr prospective coaches for next season so you can get all that lined up as quickly as possible but just let Dodds run it to the end of the season that's all you've got to do that'll bring in a bit of stability a bit of familiarity uh, hopefully there'll be enough results there for Sunderland to stay in the league which there will be you know we're talking about Sunderland yeah. sitting above the borough for God's sake Borough's nine points adrift of the relegation zone that's just three results Sunderland are ahead of that so I don't think you've got any concerns at the Stadium of Light in terms of relegation. I think you can throw that out the window. You can forget that now because you're going to pick up enough points and there's enough bad teams below you that will yes. make sure even if you didn't, they won't either. So forget relegation. I think you should use this time now to focus on what you need for next season and get the homework done. And for God's sake, do it properly this time. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be done properly this time. I'll tell you who I would really like to see in in the Sunderland top seat. Now, having to think about this over the weekend, thinking where do they go with this? Somebody who has proven in that level, um, who can who can deal with the day to day rigors of the championship, all that kind of thing. Somebody who's respected. I would love to see us go for Mark Robbins. Really would. Mm. I don't think you can get him. I don't think you can get him. I honestly, because I think we're exactly the same. I don't think you can get him. I don't think he leaves commentary. He's been there and they are doing such a good job and they've been backing him year in, year out. I don't think he's available. 
Yeah, I don't think you can get him. I honestly think if Mark Robbins leaves, it's for a Premier League or something like that. But I honestly don't see him leaving to go anywhere. The only chance I think Sunderland have this season is someone that's out of work, that's got a senior sort of head around them. I would have said a Neil Warnock, get you a home. You would have been perfect uh, to oh, get you home for the run, end of run the season. And even Mogger coming back. Do you know what I mean? If he was, you know, if he was out of work, because you know, someone oh, like that that's just got. They've no, no. I've seen that rumor as well. There's no way. There's no way Sunderland. And I don't know. I know Sunderland. Uh, you know, there are a few representatives probably that listen to the show. Don't do that. All right. Please learn from your <laughs> mistakes. Michael Beale was the worst appointment you've done, and you put the fans straight off the bat offside. If you now go back and get Snakehead or Voldemort and put him back in charge. You might as well rip up season tickets. You might as well go and decorate the bar with Slytherin stuff from Harry Potter. It's, that's how much you would be treating the fans if you put Alex Neal back in charge. Don't do that. Okay, listen from us, all right? We might not have it all together. We might not know who's running the show. We might not have jingles all organised. We might have to, you know, sort things out. But yeah, we, we know this. Shoot me. Go Alex on. Neal, shoot me. Shoot me. Alex Neal is the wrong appointment, okay? Do not do it. All right, please, Sunderland, learn from your mistakes. Do not go and upset this fan base anymore because we're for the fans, by the fans, and the fans do not want Alex Neal, okay? And now it doesn't take a smart person to realise that. Now, go and get yourself a senior head or give Dozzy till the end of the season to get it right and then try and look at it at the, at the end. But I'll tell you what, please, please, Sunderland, for the sake of our Northeast Football Brecky Show, do not stuff this up. Ted, I've got a question for you. Yes, what would, that, what would the fans' reaction be to pulling in somebody like Peter Reid at the moment just to add a little bit of maturity, uh, almost a, a calming head because he's been there and done it, just to oversee things with, uh, uh, with Dodsey at the moment? I'm 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 going to do I'm not Steve saying, Wraith on I'm this not one. Seeing, I'm not <laughs> saying he's coming in as manager. This, this is a compliment, Steve. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying he would come in as a bit of a senior head yeah. just to help. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- there are two kinds of fans in this world. Um, there are the people who are of a certain age who have, have been through an awful lot supporting this great club of ours. Um, then you have the social media crew. Uh, and the social media crew... By and large, Generation Z uh, never lived through the Peter Reid days and all that sort of thing. I think the people of an older persuasion would be absolutely delighted to have Peter Reid walk through those doors again because he oversaw the most successful part. I I know that he didn't win anything, all right, yeah. But in terms of league position, two seventh-place finishes in the Premier League, I I mean... you know, he'd be given the, the freedom of the city if he achieved something like that in, in modern day. But, you know, he oversaw all of that. He was He's well-loved by, by the club, by the, the fans as well. Somebody like that walking in to sort of give um, a bit of seniority, like you say, I, I think that is very much what's needed. And I, I, I still think even, I don't know what age Reid he's at these days, like, but I still think, you know, given a performance like what the players turned in in the first half uh, on Saturday, Reedy would absolutely lay into that. And I think I think there'd be a few home truths, and I think some players in that squad mm. need to be told some, some home truths. I, I would be you know all in favour of that, 100%. Yeah. He's 67, I, it makes by me the way. think, Dave, 
You know who uh, makes me think? Yeah. Get Bernie Slavin in to the borough <laughs> at the moment. Bernie Slavin with his no BS. I'm, I'm dead serious, mate. The way he talks on a Monday night is absolutely what borough need right now. Bernie Slavin, go into our club and tell them the home truths that they need to hear at the moment. That's what I'm begging you uh, to do. And, I, and I, you know, it's, it's probably... You know, you know the, the no BS route, you know, we'll probably put a few offside, but I tell you what, sometimes it's what we need because I don't know what's going on, but, we, you know, he, he would he would go in and like a Peter Reid. Well, I'm just thinking back yeah, to when Robbo was struggling. You know, uh, at the Borough, Brian Robson, he had a great run. He he, he went through a real, uh, and it was a real bad sticky patch. And it was, the, it was the start of the end for Robbo. But they brought Terry Venables in, just as that senior person who he could, Robbo could lean on, he could ask for advice. Eltel could spot things that Robbo was just too into the weeds to spot. And that's what I'm suggesting. Would it work? Yeah. Would it work for Dodsey if somebody like a Peter Reid came in who's got the experience, who's done it all before, whether you love him or hate him with a modern-day era on social media? I mean, he wouldn't be up front and centre. He would just be working in there with them. Dodsey would still be the head coach, manager, whatever you want to call it, but he's yeah. got some experience to draw on. That's, that's all I was asking. Fabulous man-manager as well. Yeah? Absolutely fabulous He'd man He'd sort a few manager. egos I'll, out I'll be, as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd, I'd go and make the suggestion, mate. Go, I know you've got Reedy's number. Go and tell him how he's, uh, he's hat in the ring. <laughs> I think it's KLD who listens to the show, mate. So if you're listening, Kirill, <laughs> go get Reedy. <laughs> and hire me as your chief exec. I'll sort your club out. Don't you worry. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Ted, Steve and Ryan as yes, head, yes, head of entertainment. All right? And I tell you what, you wait, till you, you wait till the jingles you get from us. Yeah. <laughs> or not, as the case may be this morning. <laughs> we'll bring Chrome to the table. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Um, well, it's 8 a.m. here on the Northeast Brecky Show, so it is time for some news. Uh, we'll be back right after this. We'll do some more club headlines, and we'll get into some more friendlier, happier topics after we've covered the three Northeast teams this morning. Uh, and we all know that your drive home, driving to work needs to be more happier to get you to work on a Monday morning, so we promise... <laughs> the topics we discuss in the next hour will be fun, light-hearted, and all about gardening. And just because the thespian amongst us delivers it so well, go on, Steve, I like it. News. The red, the tune, the cat, weather. Oh, it's going to be showery during the morning. It's not good news, is it, when you think about it? Uh, but we will see sunny smells a little bit later on. Chilly start as well. Temperatures maximum just 7 degrees tonight. Skies are going to clear as the uh, the day progresses. Uh, that means there's a bit of bad news. It means the temperature's going to drop tonight. We are talking minus 3 degrees across the northeast. Oh, dear me. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. And the boys will be right back after a bit of Deegan Blue. I like this one. Dignity. There's a man I meet Walks up our street He's a worker for the council Has been 20 years 
And it takes no lip off nobody And litter up and never think Deacon Blue and Dignity I think we're showing a lot of it on this show, boys You know, three defeats We're holding our heads up high Dignified comment <laughs> Let's talk gardening. <laughs> oh, we've got to say congratulations. Oh, look, let's have a positive note. We've got to say congratulations to Darlow. Yes. Steve Watson, Darlow. Uh, another victory. So now, what is it? Just five points well. away from safety. So they are clawing it back. So fingers crossed for, yeah, for Darlow. And happy birthday to Bam. Mm. The Borough fan. Oh, happy birthday, man. Oh, you know? Happy birthday. On his social media, he's a friend. Oh. It's a friend. A friend. <laughs> Happy birthday, Happy Bam. birthday, Bam. Uh, I don't want to talk about social media. <laughs> Shall we do some I'm headlines? I'm going to talk about headlines, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Here we go. Yeah. Magpies and Proud. Mags News. Newcastle United women have booked their spot in the FA Women's National League Cup final thanks to a 90th-minute strike from Georgia Gibson in front of the Gallagher end. United took the lead through Charlotte Potts, who headed into the far corner, but Portsmouth rallied and got back on level terms through Emma Jones when she dinked the ball over a sliding Grace Donnelly. Just as the fourth official held up seven minutes added on on the board, Katie Barker picked out Nunmark Gibson, who got a deft touch on the ball to guide it into the far corner and sent another big St James's Park crowd wild. It was a close contest with both sides showing off the quality and trading blows in front of a bumper 22,307 strong attendance, but it was United who came out victorious. Newcastle's run of five games unbeaten in League and Cup came to an abrupt end at the Emirates on Saturday night, losing 4-1. In the game that's best to forget for all involved, there was a late consolation for ex-gunner Joe Willock, which ended our goal drought at the Arsenal. And there was a decisive intervention for Yakuba Minte on Sunday, who came off the bench on the hour mark against Almia City. And with the score goalless, the Newcastle online striker scored two goals to win Feyenoord all three points. And uh, starting a social media uh, fury about bringing him back next season. Could he make it in the Premiership? We will have to wait and see. That is your headlines on Monday the 26th of February. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. Mike Dodds has had a say on whether Sunderland will make the playoffs after their defeat to Swansea City. Dodds' tactics didn't come off this time around as he opted to play with three centre-backs. Sunderland struggled to get the grips with a new shape and found themselves 2-0 down at half-time. Despite Luke O'Nine grabbing a goal deep into the second half, Sunderland sunk to their third defeat in a row. Dodds had this to say. There are still 12 games to go and I'm going to be really naturally optimistic because I know we have some really good players. The result today isn't going to help the push for the top six, but we still have 12 games to go. I'm still confident in the way we work. I'm still confident in terms of the group we've got. Former Newcastle United captain Scott Parker is now the bookie's favourite to replace Michael Beale at Sunderland. Talk about Sunderland's next appointment hard cooled, but bookies are now back in the shop front runner in the race. Ex-turned skipper Parker has been out of work since losing his job at Club Bruges last season. His last job in English football, of course, came at Bournemouth, where he was sacked just four games into the 2022-23 campaign after leading them to promotion. Parker also won the Championship playoff final as Fulham manager back in 2020. But his Newcastle allegiances may prove an obstacle for Sunderland supporters. The 43-year-old spent two years on Tyneside in the mid-noughties, taking over the armband in 2006 following Alan Shearer's retirement. And finally, big congratulations to former Sunderland youth team player James McConnell, who has won the Carabao Cup with Liverpool against Chelsea. McConnell joined Liverpool from Sunderland at under-15 level, 
one of a number of impressive and high-profile youngsters to depart the stadium alight under the ownership of Madrox following the club's relegation to League One. They are your Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. Happy Monday. Michael Carrick says Middlesbrough must move on quickly and true right from their Plymouth-Argyle loss. With the Borough boss admitting the only positive to come from this weekend was the return from injury for Emmanuel Latte-Lath. In keeping with Borough's lack of consistency since November, Carrick's side failed to build on the victory over Leicester City last weekend as we lost again on home turf. While Carrick has largely been happy with performances of late, even when results have not gone their way, even he conceded after that game that not many things went right. The result left Borough 11 points off the playoff places with 13 games remaining, and we now actually sit a little bit closer to the relegation zone than the playoffs ahead of Saturday's trip to Stoke City. With that in mind, Carrick was clear on the plans for the week ahead of that with the one he demanded more from his players. He told BBC Tees that Manu was back, and that's a positive but I need more uh, from the lads in training this week. Uh, we have to have him back out there on the pitch. This is Manu, uh, and it was still good for this weekend coming. But with the games coming up in mind uh, and having only one striker, we're still going to be very short. I need more from this playing group coming into a big, big run home if we're to get anything from the rest of this season. That is your Borough Headlines. True right, Michael. That was one to forget about. Yeah, let's forget about football and talk gardening, boys. There you go. Yep. Yeah, that was a shocking <laughs> Outside of shocking gardening, what game. else could we discuss for the next 45 minutes? Well, we got well, a lot well, to we... discuss about because I can go to my favourite and Chris Wilder at Sheffield United. What's going on, Wilder boy? Hello, sandwich man. Uh, as Sheffield United lost to Wolves on the weekend, I actually found this hilarious because Chris Wilder was at the forefront of this one. He said... Uh, that seeing a scuffle between two players was maybe this kickstart that they needed to their season. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very funny. Chris Wilder saw his two players in Jack Robertson and Vinicius Souza shoving each other as Blaze suffered another defeat at the Molyneux against Wolves. Uh, And Wilder had this to say after the match. He said, I want them to be respectful, but you should imagine my response to stuff like that. (laughs) Imagine they were eating a sandwich. My response is that it's a passionate game. They're at each other, and so as long as it doesn't overstep the mark, it was very close to doing that, though. I don't want to see it every week, but if it takes something like that to get people going, and I thought we were going to get going anyway, there's two boys desperate to win, so let's not make too much of it. Well, Chris, we're going to make too much of it here on the Northeast Brecky Show because we need to focus on something else other than our teams, and it is your turn. Uh, I absolutely think it's hilarious um, that he thinks that two players from their own team scuffling is the kickstart you need uh, for your season when you're bottom of the Premier League, Teddy boy, uh, because I couldn't think of anything worse, to be honest with you, if I was a fan looking in. I, I think that's just... Uh, I get almost where he's coming from on it. Where you want to see some passion, you want to see some fight. Not fighting each other, literally, though. I mean, in terms of, like, sort of a, a, a Kieran Dyer versus Lee Boyer, it, it had nothing on that, to be honest. It was a, a little bit of pushy-shovey. It wasn't at the same level. It wasn't at the same intensity. That's why it's not going down as one of the greatest football and boxing matches of all time in my book. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there was, there was, you know... I suppose you want to see that to an extent, but that, for me, just... Uh, it, it screamed of just a, a, a team that's capitulated... Um, and are going to disappear out the Premier League with a whimper, to be honest. Whether Wilder stays there, um, he's clearly not up to the job. He really isn't. 
Um, and and obviously you know I listen to you guys. I'm not just saying it because obviously you know I'm I'm going to side with you guys or anything like that. He clearly looks out of his depth. Um, he, he doesn't talk like a Premier League manager. He doesn't behave like a Premier League manager. I, I just don't think the guy's got any class at all. Um, and to be honest, I, Sheffield United going to be a miss from the Premier League? Absolutely not. And that sort of amateur antics on the pitch just kind of confirms why they are where they are, in my opinion. Yeah, it's never good, Stevie Boy, to see two players from their own team. Obviously, something you're familiar with back in the heyday. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, not something that you'd want to see from Sheffield United when you're bottom of the table. You've got some of the biggest losses you've ever seen in Sheffield United history in the Premier League. Looking like they're going to bow out with a couple of uh, yeah, a couple of mates going at each other on the on a you know on a dismal Sunday afternoon performance again. Yeah, I mean to see two players go head to head, you know your own players is ridiculous. I mean it was a shoving match, it was handbags, it was it was nothing else. Um, Wilder obviously said there was no issues. He said it happens at every club up and down the country three or four times a year. Um, he says you can't condone it. It's you know it has to stay at the level. Uh, because we've got responsibility to young kids out there, um, but he says it happens every every day behind closed doors at football clubs up and down the country. Um, you know whether you're Man City or bottom of the league in uh, Division Two. So, you know it's it's not what you want to see. Uh, Sheffield United are in a right mess. Um, have been since Newcastle went down there and beat them eight 0 but they've they've had some horrendous reverses and they're just completely out of their depth. And yeah, it's frustrating for them you know the, the players you know must must really you know not look forward to you know turning up on a Saturday or Sunday and, and stepping out into the uh, under the pitch because you know they're just second best to everything you know um, they, they, they can't score goals they're conceding them like they're going out of fashion um, and I bet they just can't wait for this season to, to, to end but um you know, it, it's not quite a similarity between Boyer and Dyer in 2005. I mean, that was that was probably it's an iconic, uh, you know, an iconic, you know, fallout. Um, I, I went through a, a list whilst uh, the news was on of, of of others, and I mean, there's there's been some over the years. You forget about some of them, but uh, Hugo Lloris and uh, Son um, against oh Everton, yeah, true uh, yeah. that was uh, that was one which was, you know, Lloris was performing about him not tracking back um, and, and you know he ran over and shoved him in the back um, when the teams left the pitch which um, you know was captured by all the uh, all the cameras um, a, a one which I'd completely forgotten about but I do remember was Grobelauer and McManaman in 93 which was um, again it, it, it comes down to you know something not going right in a, in a particular game but you know, Grobelow was furious with McManaman because he, he failed to clear a ball properly and it allowed Everton to score in the Merseyside derby. Huge game, of course. Uh, McManaman then argued back with him and it was a backwards and forwards between the two and, and Grobelow pushed his young teammate like in the face. So, you know, again, it's one. So, you know, it, they're not as regular as as you think they are, but when they happen, they, you know, they, they, they can be huge. Um Another one, which again, this was this was iconic, was um, David Batty and Graham Lasso lads. Do you remember that one? Ooh, yes, I think yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Champ, I have seen that. Game. Remember that? That's yeah. on. Yes, that's, that's on, right. That's, yeah, yeah, That's on yeah. YouTube. That one. Um, yeah, that one. Went, yeah. They both went for it because you know they, they both went for the same loose ball, um, and yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people were creating rumours around that, saying it was this, that, and the other. But you know, that just frustration, frustration in a game. You know, it it, it does happen. But yeah, I mean, didn't yeah, expect it from Lasso, did you? 
No, definitely not. Definitely he, not. he was the posh little guardian reader of the team. He was, yeah, <laughs> he was. He yeah. was. Yeah. While there's, you know, while while there's, you know, I know he's not your he's not your cup of tea. He's a character at the end of the day. You know, he, he wasn't great for Borough, um, but you know, they say never go back, and you know, this is this is probably a, a good example of it. You know, he's gone back to Sheffield United. You know, it, they were gone when he went back there. He's tried his best. It hasn't been good enough. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether Wilder stays with them when the you know when they hit the championship again. Um, be interesting to see where he goes. But yeah. Unacceptable, shouldn't happen, but you know, these things do happen in football, sadly. Yeah, well, it is obviously high stakes at Sheffield United and what it could cost them coming down to the Premier League. After getting promotion, I still think they will be a strong team in the uh, in the championship, although with Cameron Archer and the likes of that, McCaddy's been a shining light for them this season as well. But uh, it does make for good football next season, lining up against Middlesbrough again. Uh, in the championship, will those teams be able to bounce back? Because that seems to be what you do. You seem to get up to the Premier League, spend all your money, uh, and then become a bit of a yo-yo club. But it will be interesting to see how the likes of uh, Burnley, Sheffield United, you would think Luton probably as well, maybe Everton or Nottingham Forest once they face FFP, potentially coming down to the championship next season. Uh, and I like what uh, you know Kieran Scott had to say, then potentially next season is, is going to be a little bit easier in the championship with the team's uh, that are coming down from the Premier League. Anyway, it's time for some morning ads. It is 20 past eight here. Good morning on the Northeast Breaking Show. We'll be back right after this to talk about the Liverpool Chelsea Carabao Cup final. Why do clients choose Ather and Co? Very diligent, very caring, put themselves in my shoes. Always informed me, kept me up to date of what was going on. Didn't feel I had anything to worry about and I had nothing to do other than turn up for a medical. Ather's did the rest. For the full story, see athers.co.uk forward slash reviews. Choose the one you know, Ather and Co. Hi, it's Bernie Slavin. Looking forward to being on every Monday on the red between six and seven. Opinions, views. I don't want any BS. We need to get their lottery numbers for Wednesday <laughs> night, I think, or Saturday, definitely. If Butters won the lot and you all do what you're going to do, and we end up getting beat 2-1. Are you going to take any responsibility for that? Regardless of what happens in the game, it needs to be done just to make a point. That's the point of it. The protest is supposed to be disruptive. It's supposed to get our voice heard. No messing about. Let's get to the nitty gritty. This Monday, 6 o'clock to 7, please join us up the borough. Slave and Live with the Dove Cart. Spend your evening in the best bar in Teesside. The we're back, boys. We're Welcome back. back. Welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show. We're going to talk about that Liverpool Chelsea. We did cover it in the first hour, but I just want to get the last because we, we had Ted having a few mic issues. What's up? We've got a couple of WhatsApps in. Uh, first and foremost, on. one, winging, on. one winging its way in from Thailand. Uh, hello, guys. Ah, well done, Rife. Imagine to do the Borough headlines after that dreadful performance from the team. Uh, let's hope the f- performances will be better at Stoke. Keep up the great show, guys. Up the borough, bam. And then a second line saying, thank you for the birthday wishes, guys. Up the borough. Ah, so that's happy bam. birthday. Uh, and we have a first-time messenger dude. coming in. Uh, loving the show, lads, Ooh. as always. Uh, hard job after this weekend's football. I think Chris Wilder Not is wrong. a fantastic manager and just needs more time. Kind regards, Sandwich ID. Also... It should be it should be Rooney for Sunderland, I think. Yes, I agree. I good, agree. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> He's 
hilarious. And I did listen hilarious. to uh, Wayne Rooney on that overlap with Gary Neville. Actually, he was he does feel hard done by but Burnham in does old little Wayne. Uh, but let's talk about Liverpool v Chelsea oh, that Carabao Cup final yesterday. Um, we we saw. Uh, an interesting game where we saw Liverpool un- inundated with injuries, fielding a very, very young outfit against Chelsea's billion-dollar team, and it was the young kids uh, that got it done. Now, I think the biggest question for me is, does it underline Pochettino and what he has failed to do with all the million dollars of spending? Now, you would think that against a team like that, uh, it's, one of, it's quite an embarrassing result. Uh, you know, it's a billion dollar teams losing to a bunch of 18, 17 year olds. I mean, it's no, it's no, you know, disrespect there, but it really was. It wasn't a full strength Liverpool outfit and they still couldn't get the job done. Uh, Pochettino after the match said, I still, I need to feel the pain. And we played for a trophy and we didn't get it. Now it's the same. What can you tell me to, sorry, what can you tell me to feel better? No, nothing. I won't feel better for a long time. We also saw Pochettino post-match not shaking the hand of owner Todd Bowley. Uh, he walked past him in what we think was another Dan Neal gate. Hey, eh? we've got Bill sacked. Will it get Pochettino sacked? Uh, Ted, you're maker of the game. And I guess the question that I want to ask both of you lads, uh, all three of you lads really is, is, is this the end of Pochettino? Well, he's, uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, we're gonna, he left uh, it open. Either one of us, either one of us, either one of us. I did say, did I say Ted? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Either one. Go on. Go on, Teddy boy. What, Steve on a point? No, 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 Steve first, go on. Oh, you're far too polite. God. This is really good, isn't it? This 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 morning, what a great show. Um, <laughs> so slick. So many awards are teeming through the door. They are, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he's 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 gone into the club, hasn't he? And and it's a mess of a club to start with. You know, they've spent they've spent a billion a billion pounds more or less on this team. I mean, Casadio yesterday, 115 million for him, really. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not being funny, but they're a million miles away from, um, you know, from from competing for Champions League and Premier Leagues, and and you know, I I just I just think that Todd Bowley has, has come in and has no understanding of the Premier League, and it, 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 the blame lies at his at his feet. Um, I'm still not convinced that you know that the previous owner has has got nothing to do with the club. It's my that's my opinion, my theory. I still think it's some way, shape or form. Um if the war in the Ukraine, which is now into its second year, ever came to an end, that we might see some kind of um, you know, return of the of the previous owner, um, you know, in some way, shape or form. But it's it's just all very, very strange. Um it, it really is and, and Pochettino really never stood a cat in hell's chance of going in there and changing anything because it, it's just, it, it's a mess. It really is. Uh, you know, financial fair play, um, you know, surely to God there has to be something on the horizon for Chelsea. Um, you know, the, you can't tell me you can spend that amount of money um, when you're not the biggest revenue making team in the world or in the Premier League and and I, I just I just think they're cruising for a for a huge fall. Um and Pochettino never had the opportunity he was never gonna have an opportunity to turn it round. You've got a bunch of individuals in that in that team who just can't play together. And I'm not sure how you change that. Um I'm not even sure Pep Guardiola could change that because, you know, he is the, <laughs> the best manager in the Premier League. I just I don't see how it could be done. So the answer is I, I think I think he'll be 
gone. Um, I think he'll be gone at the end of the season. Um, will Will the dare go back for Tuchel? Would Would they try and get him to come back and and, and give it another go? Um, Mourinho for for another another spell in the dugout yeah, at Chelsea. True, true. Um, you know they're two big names that are available. Um, you know we know Alonso's you know going to be leaving and you know potentially going back to to Liverpool. But you know he's got other suitors. There's going to be a merry-go-round of managers again. Um, but. You know why don't Chelsea take a, a punt on Wayne Rooney? I mean, you know he's got Premier League class <laughs> written all over him. Give him a give him a go, Ted. Uh, yeah, <laughs> keep him away from Sunderland. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's a scary thought. I don't think ah oh, saying that. I don't think they would go for Wayne Rooney. Then yeah, the Sunderland were talking about never rule anything out. But Chelsea. Um, I'm kind of, I'm almost going to defend them a little bit here. Um, first oh. of all, I mean, Gary Neville calling them billion pound bottle jobs on live TV is that yeah. massively disrespectful. That that is hugely disrespectful um, for somebody who was lucky at Man United that he was probably the only right back they had at the time. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of he's he's got away with a living, hasn't he? He's good entertainment value as a pundit, but calling them that. That's just like, I don't know, it, it, it's a bit sneaky behaviour, especially when it's Liverpool involved, who's won, who's supposed to be his, uh, his sworn enemy. I don't know if that was a bit of a north and south thing, I don't know, but I, I just found that it was like, it was a little bit crass, the comment like, but Chelsea, and Steve's kind of alluded to it, they're, they're a team, uh, well, they're not just a team that's in transition, they're a whole club that's in transition. It's it's a new ownership, it's a completely new squad, it's a new manager, and you can't expect overnight results with that. No matter how much money you throw at that problem, that is not going to be an overnight fix. That needs time. Um, I think Pochettino is a good coach, but you know what? What the conversation that needs to be had with the ownership as well? What's the time scale for this? What 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 is realistic in your book of of making Chelsea a, a, a top four challenging team again and a and a cup winning team? And the answer for me is. It, Personally, I think it's going to take at least another two seasons before they're up there. And that's if they keep that squad together. Yes, there'll be a couple couple of ins, a couple of outs, but you can't just throw a group of people together and expect them to perform brilliantly. Look at us. Hey, <laughs> this morning is perfect proof. <laughs> Great example this morning. Um, normally we're on fire, though. Obviously, I would never put us in that bracket, lads. Um, but, yeah... It's going to take time to fix the Chelsea issue. Um, the the worry is for them that that other teams are starting to improve as well. You know, I guess you know Newcastle. I guess you can throw it into that who who are starting to improve. All right, they've had a, a, a an up and down season this time around, but they'll learn from it. But then you look at the likes of Aston Villa. You, you look at those those teams in and around that top six area, as all improving. It's just going to take time for Chelsea to, to, to do that. I don't think swapping the manager is is what they need to do right now. I think they need to keep that, that group of players together. They need to keep a, a very good coach in the job. There's no no doubt in that whatsoever. Pochettino is a good coach. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's no, doubt, the there's no doubt Pochettino's a good coach. There's no <laughs> doubt the playing squad is a very good playing squad. So why isn't it working? Is it ego in the dressing room? It's is not it... a good playing squad. It's good individuals. Well, that, yes, that's what I'm on about. 
I'm talking about the squad. I'm not talking about how they're performing at the moment because we know they're subpar at the moment. So what is missing? The money he spent, they should have won last night. I'm sorry, they should have. They should have beaten. Liverpool were very, very, very undermanned last night. They had, you know, 20-year-olds out there. And Chelsea should have gotten a result from that should. last night. If, if any a chance of Chelsea to win some silverware, they should win it. Yeah, but you saw the Liverpool last team Let's last see. night. I mean, there's no way Chelsea, with the money they had, the team that they put out there, should have lost to that Liverpool side. And I think that's the yeah. biggest sort of question mark over it for me. Load of kids, you know, beat them. I mean, it's as simple as that. No, the one day Jurgen Klopp yeah. was jumping up and down and going absolutely yep. mental. Um, and you, you know, could see the reaction played. from Enzo Fernandez to the Liverpool fan who taunted him, couldn't you? Exactly. I mean, you could just see exactly. the frustration among the players. Yeah, I think Poch gets a sack as well because I reckon that you'll see a little bit more from that Todd Bowley sort of ignorant sort of walk past as well. Uh, you can't do that to the owner that's put a lot of money into the yeah. team as well. So. Yeah, a lot more to watch there from Chelsea, but it was a, a game that uh, Chelsea should have won for me. Uh, we uh, have just hit your sports headlines. We'll be back right after this with plenty more on the Northeast Preggy Show. Together across the Northeast. The Timbercat and the Reds. I've got to ask the question, guys. Is anybody here taking uh, deep joy out of the, the ales of Chelsea or the ales of Sheffield United? Because I must admit, when that goal went in last night at Wembley, I, I jumped up and celebrated almost as much as I would jump up and celebrate a Borough <laughs> Really? Yeah. I was quite yeah. happy Liverpool beat them. Delighted to no, Liverpool beat less. them. <laughs> I wanted Liverpool I, I wanted less. Liverpool I wanted Liverpool to win it. Um I wasn't I wasn't bothered about Chelsea uh, at all. Like I mean it it, it it doesn't get to me that much. Sheffield United, no, uh, you know, I've got no malice towards them. I've I've been down there many mm. times. The, the the fans are spot on. Um, it's it's South Yorkshire police that are, are absolute nightmares. Um, but yeah, the yeah the, the Chelsea Liverpool game. Yeah, it, you want Liverpool for me. I wanted Liverpool to win because Liverpool's got a chance of winning the league. And you know it gives you that you know in 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 the offset that Newcastle potentially get a decent run together and finish in a European spot. It gives Newcastle a, a chance. You know, had Chelsea won, um, it's it's one less player. So yeah, look, it's it, it meant nothing to me, and that you know it, it's laughable that that Chelsea have spent all of that money on a bunch of individuals who can't play together. It's it's it very rarely it very rarely happens that because usually you spend that kind of money, you get something out of it. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just embarrassing, lads. Exactly. It's, it's it, you know the Chelsea yeah. fans and the Chelsea fans looked looked sick as chips. But they must be, they must be so embarrassed with the way that the club's going at the moment after having a period of not domination, but they did well. You know what I mean? Champions League yeah. wins, you know FA Cup, uh, you know Premier League. You know the the John Terry Frank Lampard years were fantastic for them for them to watch. But you know they've they've hit the ground with a bump like, and it's um it, it it's not it's not very pleasant for them. If the heart yesterday, do you think John Terry would have run on in his full kit trying to lift the cup? <laughs> or that yes. guy who used to go on as the look at you remember the guy who used to invade the pitch with just like yes, wearing very Man United fan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, well, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Do you think it's a case with Chelsea though that they've um, it's too many players in, in such a short space of time? Because obviously, you know, they've rebuilt the squad. There's virtually nobody left. From um from from the last cup winning side, let alone uh, title winning side, it's it's a case where they've they've just bought too many players to be able to gel them or in such haven't, a short space of time. Because normally, if you spend them. big, you buy like a star player, don't you? 
haven't watched them a lot this season. They've been on TV quite a bit, despite them not doing well, you know. And mm. they're just lacking a centre forward, really. Um, they play some pretty yeah. football. They play some decent football, um, but they haven't got anybody who can score goals. And they haven't got one player who scores twenty goals a season. And you know, even Newcastle's got that. You know, they've got players who are mm. getting 10, 10 goals in midfield, and, and strikers who are capable if they're not injured of getting fifteen to twenty goals a season. Um, but Chelsea don't have that. They're relying on young players to come good and to score goals, and may well happen in the future. You know, we get the experience under the belt, and you know that then they hit a run. But that's where they've that's where they've lacked. They haven't gone out and spent their money on an Osherman or or whatever. You know, and you would have thought with the money that they've got and the money that they've spent that they would have gone and invested in a good centre forward, but they haven't. So that's where they need to get. That's where they need to to improve. Um, they just they just don't score the goals. Um, and yeah, it's. It's 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 a strange situation. It really is. As I say, I'm I'm not convinced on the ownership. I was never convinced that Todd Bowley was was coming in was outright. I I I almost feel, and again, my opinion, not the radio stations. I feel he's I feel he's a front man. I feel he's a front line, a front man for the club. I, I, you know, and yes, on paper, contractually, I've got no doubt that he's 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 the owner. But I still believe that. Behind the scenes, I still think there's other people pulling the strings, and I think that's part and parcel why we see a, a little bit of you know a, a, you know a little bit of an issue developing at Chelsea. But it'll all come out in the wash, as me mum used to say. Certainly will. It certainly will, lads. We got to talk Ted, obviously, just quickly about that result on Friday night for the Championship. Leeds absolutely battering Leicester three-one mm. at home. Leeds making yeah. it a very big push now for that second place. Uh, between Southampton, Leicester, you would think are still safe in that top spot. But it was an interesting result for me. It's now two losses on the bounce for Leicester, obviously losing to us and now Leeds. Leeds then move up to second. Ipswich as well, moving up to third because Southampton lost on the weekend as well. So the battle for that top two seems to be still... Yeah, seems to be still... Wide open uh, in that sort of, uh, in I guess for that Leicester-Leeds-Ipswich-Southampton sort of battle, you would think West Brom Albert... West Brom are too far away in 11 points, maybe 13 games to go. I just think it's between Southampton, Ipswich, Leeds and Leicester. But interesting result on Friday night, Teddy boy. Yeah, it was. Um, a few people would have saw that one coming. And Leicester just starting to have a little wobble, aren't they? Two defeats in the last five as well, in a row as well. Uh, Leeds are just absolutely romping home. I mean, everybody's thinking, oh, well, Leicester are far gone now. It's, it's six points now. Uh, the difference between first and second and Leeds at this moment in time are just it really really banging form aren't they it's, it's, they it's really are. A, a tight end of the season whichever way we look at it um, I watched the West Brom Hull City game as well that was the early kick off on Saturday yeah. um, hard fought game um, a little bit of a drab affair to be honest like, but there was there was more about Hull City than there was about West Brom, I think. Now, the result obviously suited West Brom going to Hull and getting a one-all draw. Um, yep. But, yeah, there was there was kind of nothing in those performances from those two teams where I thought, well, yeah, they stand out and, and they, they, they're guaranteed to be in the, the playoffs. I didn't see that. And, and I, this is absolutely wide open. Even, even the top end as well. Southampton have come unstuck a little bit, um, but who have they got next to? Who have they got next two seconds? I did have that up. Uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not Great prep. It was going to be a Great Saturday. prep. Um, <laughs> just to add to the... It's not my blooming show, is it? 
It's too. It's answer the unique show we've created today, lads. Better wait to Birmingham. Yes, away to Birmingham. Sorry, yes, yeah. We've got them coming up in three games time as well. So obviously Southampton will probably be back on form then. Uh, they'll be wanting to give us a bit of a hiding after we drop them five nil. So yeah, that, we never ever do well. I think it was our record Premier League defeat was down at Southampton, and we scored something like two on goals in that game as well. Uh, Santiago Virgini actually scored an absolute blinder of of an own goal in that one, best one I've ever seen. So yeah, Southampton can look forward to to getting on form with that one. Um, It's just too close to call. I honestly think Leicester, they could slip. Leeds could go up as champions, you know. They're Mm. absolutely smashing everybody at the moment. Yeah, my mate, my, my mate Andrew, I bumped into yesterday on my way back home. Uh, he's delighted. He's a big Leeds fan, um, and he was he was over the moon with the, the result of the weekend. But yeah, it's wide open at the top, and I've got yeah. Well, I think and, and a, Sorry, I've got mate. an illegal waza. An illegal oh, waza. Um, it's been sent to me. It's been yeah. sent to me, not the official. Uh, it's been, it's been sent to Steve okay. from yes. Mr. S. Wraith. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve. Good morning. He says uh, for the morning show, lads, to ponder Jesse Marsh would be a perfect fit for Sunderland or Borough. Brought up in the Red Bull management camp, so understands the philosophy of growth through trading to supplement low budgets. Did okay during his spell at Leeds in difficult times following Bielsa. Still believes they would have stayed up if they kept him and not bowed to media pressure, stirring up supporters' fears. Works on stats, percentages and developing youth, having had the experience of the US Soccer League system. He's the PR man's dream, and if you can get over the intensity of American soccer speak of grids and goalminders, he's full of self-belief. Oh, he'd be going for headshots into the upper 90. Yeah, what, what do you think then? What do you think? He'd be standing what on the sideline going, 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 shoot that puppy. Now, we've got ads to get to, but just quickly for Borough, I don't. I still think Michael Carrick is the best man in, yeah. the, in charge for Borough. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any, even though we're having probably a torrential sort of shocking end to the season. Michael Carrick is still the best manager for Borough at the moment. He's got a fantastic resume. He's got a lot to prove uh, and he just needs the backing from recruitment. But for me, Michael Carrick is still my main man. I absolutely love him. Uh, and I think he's got a fantastic future. And I think we need to stick by him in these times, yeah, much yeah. like we stuck by him in the in the nice times at the end of last season. We just need to get the recruitment right and give him the players and the force because we know what he can do like last season when he has got the uh, yeah the recruitment behind oh, him. And I'll let you into a little secret. You know, he loves what he's doing here. He won't have enjoyed the weekend. Um, he does no. really like what he's doing here. He enjoys his relationship with Gibbo. He loves his relationship with the fans. Um, his only fear is the fans turn on him uh, due to, mm-hmm. you know, performances... Uh, lack of lack of points gathering on the pitch, and he doesn't want the fans to turn on him. So he loves what he's doing here, Carrick. And do you know what? If we didn't pick, well, no, that's 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 going to be a, a little bit of a four par if I put if I say that. If we finish no higher than we are this season, I still would want Michael Carrick in the job next season. I really would. Yep, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. And I don't know, what did you say, Teddy Boy? Would you have Jesse Marsh? Absolutely not. I'd, Great I mean, kick save by red, the keeper. You talk about the red bull camp. I don't care if he's from the sitting bull camp. Mate. He's, he's not for us. <laughs> and by the way, boys, here's one well, to ponder. Here's one to ponder when we, we, we're, we're going to earn a few pennies, but here's one to ponder. I think now the promotion playoff race has really narrowed in just in the last two weekends. I think anybody below Coventry in ninth is out. And that includes your boys, Ted. I'm sorry. Mm. I just yeah, think it's now it's now ninth through to fifth for those two places. 
<laughs> All right, boys. We'll be right back with more funny chats. Be right back. Across we the will be right back. Indeed. Have you fancied presenting your own radio show? Well, you could well be presenting this very programme. How do you fancy joining a growing list of fantastic radio presenters? I don't want to hear after four or five games in the manager ever saying we need to restart and reboot. This is early days. <laughs> the cup run. Don't let me. It is. Don't let me. The cat is all about Wearside, and at times the Black Cats too. The tune is all about Tyneside, and at times Newcastle United too. The red is all about Teesside, and at times the Borough. Too. So come on, if you're confident you could present this very show, reach out, get in touch. Email any of the three stations, that's hello at thetooneuk.com, hello at thecatuk.com, or hello at theredyuk.com. Hey, what are you doing after breakfast Monday to Friday? Why not join me, Daz, across the northeast for our mid-morning show, full of expert analysis? This Sunderland squad is the youngest squad that the championship has ever seen. Top banter. I've been looking at trains for any minute of my fans. It's an hour and three minutes. That's all it takes to get yourselves up here and see some real football. And the quiz that is sweeping the nation. Name that theme. How many will you get? He's always on the scene. Fireman Sam. And his engine's bright and clean. Join me, Daz, right here every weekday morning from 9 till 11. Uh, you know, I love this panda because this is what the Red, the Cat and the Toon's all about. The Red, the Toon and the Cat. Oh, boys, almost Welcome time for Dazzy, but he's not here yet. Yes. Oh, no bacon buddies in the office as at the moment, but to tell How's you the what, bacon, did you uh, see? there's been enough... <laughs> There's enough Steve bacon Bruce, going around this go. morning. Suddenly, manager. <laughs> it's no Steve. Calm down. We know you're listening, mate. Calm down. All right, just take take a breather. Uh, we're not that bad. We might have all lost on the weekend, but we're not in the Steve Bruce territory just yet. We got to just quickly wrap up this playoff talk. I just wanted to ask quickly of a question to Ted and Dave, and then I got a question for Stevie about the injuries at Newcastle as well. Before we bring it home here on the Northeast Footy Bracky Show. The quick question I have for you, Ted and Dave, and I'll start with you, Ted, is that from a Middlesbrough point of view, in being in the playoffs or around that that, that sort of area this season, I actually am sort of kissing uh, kissing the faith that we're not actually there uh, because I feel like the battle between Leicester City, Leeds, Ipswich and Southampton is not one that Middlesbrough could have competed with. Now, obviously, if we were up there, we would have been doing well, but I still think it's a very, very three-horse race in between those three Premier League teams. Obviously, Ipswich doing remarkably well. They've obviously spent big money, but I feel like that push for Borough would have been a bit too much in terms of trying to keep around there. We would have seen probably big money thrown around in January and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And I just don't think it's one that... I mean, the battle last season for me uh, to go up was a lot better and closer than it would have been this season, if that makes any sense. Are you on the same page from Sunderland point of view? (laughs) Um, yeah, to be honest, I mean, it, it's it, it, when you start the season and you think like sort of on, on the basis of getting into the playoffs last time around, the objective is to, to either do the same again, repeat that form or go one better. And I think everybody has been kind of found wanting by, by those sides that are in the top three positions at this moment in time. They are not miles and miles ahead, but they're a good proportion ahead of what everyone else is doing. Southampton, you could almost put them in that bracket, although their form is a little bit topsy-turvy. Um, you know, they're, they're capable of great football on one day, then they're capable of getting beat 5-0 by Sunderland the next. So they've always got that in them, I suppose. Yeah, it, I mean, 
we're, we're going to have to start all over again. Um, we're going to be starting again without the likes of Jack Clark. Um, so I, I think you know, where we are around about now, 10th, we'll probably finish in and around that position. Um, if we can get any higher, then, then great. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll finish around then. You've just got to consolidate. Start building for the future. Obviously, you know, you look at players like Romain Mundell who have been brought in. I guess that's, you know, there's your Jack Clark replacement. That's that's what we're getting. Um, whether they reinvest any of that transfer money that we'll undoubtedly get for Jack Clark in the summer, um, we need to invest that wisely uh, to turn ourselves into, into at least playoff contenders for next season. Um, because a third season of nothing and and you know not at least getting to a playoff final that starts to look like the club is stagnating again uh, and they need to push and and Middlesbrough in exactly the same position Middlesbrough need to push up the league as well and 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 get through and get into the Premier League because all the time we're down there we are losing out and we are slipping further and further behind what is already a massive gulfing class to the Premier League what do you reckon Dave I was just saying that obviously Ted kind of agrees as well that it is a of a three-horse race, but uh, I, I do get his sentiment in terms of us falling further down the, the down the ladder. But I still think Middlesbrough weren't geared up this season to have a push uh, to compete with the likes of the three teams that came down. We lost forty-five million quids worth of attacking talent last year, um, and we didn't replace it like for like. So you know we're in a we're in a development phase. We're in a uh, a growth phase as far as the players, a young squad of players, a bit like Sunderland. I am so pleased we're not there now because for, for a number of reasons, and it'll sound really strange saying we're not on the coattails of the playoffs because it adds extra pressure because the focus has to be, can we make it for the end of the season? Can we make it for the end of the season? Our squad right now is not developed enough, is not good enough for promotion. So I think we should get that, you know, I, I, I'm so pleased we can get the words promotion out of our heads. Because can you imagine what would happen to the Borough if they somehow managed to make their way into the Premier League through the playoffs? Um, we yeah. would be right back down, tail between our legs, record points uh, in terms of not being scored, um, tally for the end of the season. We'd have been destroyed by the clubs. Uh, I'm really pleased this season we're not there. As for the playoffs and, and, and just having a, a, a bit of a brief flirtation with them at the end of the season, again, I think that brings extra pressure. And it brings frustration because when you're in thereabouts and within touching distance, you agonise over every single point dropped. Every defeat is, is like an open wound. And I think we can finally put that to bed this season and say, right, let's use the rest of this season to develop what we've got, to identify what we need. And Middlesbrough Football Club, if you're really going to have a go and give Michael Carrick the tools to do what he needs to do next season, it starts now. It starts looking at what young players can come through. It starts looking at tactics, what formations we can get away with. Who, who might be that hidden gem in the current squad that's being played slightly out of position? We talk a lot about Force coming into a more central role because he's being played out wide, etc. Now's the time you can experiment. I, I firmly believe those teams uh, who are on 44 points, and there's a glut of them, there's about five of them there in the, in the table, and Sunderland on 47, that's your mid-table. Now, I know Borough's only nine points away from a relegation scrap. That's not going to happen. That's enough of a cushion right now to make sure we can go out there and we can see the season out. So there's nothing now to play for other than let's get it right for next year. That's where I stand. 
Yeah, I'd like to see a bit more from Law McCabe and the, the AJ Matthews and stuff like that for the Borough now. Uh, because it, it, obviously the playoffs are just, you know, they're a bit too far and out of reach. They're 11 points Steve, away. Steve, I wanted to... Yeah, it's too we're, much. We're closer to and the we, we, 12 form. points, in effect, because we've got a terrible goal difference. You know, that's that's it's, massive. To catch up on teams who are in winning runs of form. Yeah, it's and we're not ready. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's the thing. It, we were not ready. I just don't feel... Last season, when we had those players and the depth that we did, I felt we could have gone up and maybe Michael Carrick could have kept the Archers, the Gileses, all that together, and maybe put together a bit of a team for a push then, but... This season, I just don't feel like we're ready. I feel like we need another sort of summer bit of a rebuild, get some strikers in, cover up, cover up uh, all those injuries that we had, uh, and give me a, more of a sense of squad depth and stuff like that. But it, you're absolutely right. It does start now. Steve, before the end of the show, I just wanted to come back to you with Newcastle and those injuries uh, that have taken a toll for you this season. We saw on the weekend, obviously, your loss to Arsenal, uh, but you have gotten, obviously, some players back. I just wanted to ask you, in terms of the injuries, because it hasn't really been to the defensive side except for Nick Pope, uh, obviously, you know, losing to Arsenal 4-1, is there is there a significant injury there that you can think has really derailed it? Is it a Joe Linton or something that could have maybe turned the tide? Or is it a lack of recruitment against Arsenal there that you could have seen? I mean, I'm just wondering with the, the state of injuries going through it. Defensively, I mean, there's not many missing uh, I'm just wondering if there's anyone there that you can put it down to not being there that could have gotten a different result out of the Arsenal game. Yeah, you nailed it with Joel Linton, really. He's been a key, you know, a key player for Newcastle since Eddie Howe came in. Um, and, you know, missing him down that left-hand side as, you know, it, it, it has massively affected us. Um, but, is, uh, you know, that means, what, we're a one-player team. Of course it doesn't. We should be looking at, you know, we should be looking at how you counteract, you know, uh, Joel Linton missing from the team. We shouldn't be scrabbling around, you know, when he's injured and saying, well, hold on a minute, well, you know, <laughs> where do we plug this gap? Um, but, yeah, it just, it, it does appear that the Joel Linton injury was the biggest one. And Nick Pope, um, because Nick Pope was, was our goalkeeper, um, you know, last season with, with that back four. And it just seems that Dubravka coming in, you know, it 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 it's, it changed things for the back four. You know, behind them as well. So in front and behind, two big players missing, um, and the two players which affect the game massively for Newcastle. And and suddenly, you know, the back four seems to be you know leaking goals like they're going out of fashion. Botman certainly hasn't come back from his injury. Um, the same player, and you know, we we know that there was there was issues. Uh, you know, he, he spoke out about. Um, you know, having having a setback, and and that was down to you know something that happened you know at the club, um, which clearly was you know annoyed enough to speak out about it, and you know Joe, you know with Joe Linton out and Pope out, and then Bottom not playing to the same standards as he was last season. Has he recovered properly? Who knows? That that's your issue. It's as, it's as simple as that. And then you know the lack of midfield players in general that we've had available over the course of the last two or three months. Um, you're relying on a 17 year old who's done a great job. Um, to you know, to do a, the job of a a seasoned pro, a professional. So it's it 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 all adds up. But you know, you you can't be making excuses. Newcastle are where they are in the league. Uh, you know, and and rightly so. You know that that's where we deserve to be. Um, I think if we do get European football this year, um, you know, we'll be lucky. And and if we do get it. Um, we need investment. Lack of investment in the, in, in the January transfer window um, has, has also hampered us. You know the fact that we are, you know, beset with FFP um, angst every time there's a, a, a window open. 
you know, and and then it leads to you know not bringing any players in when it's quite clear we need players in. Doesn't help either. So it's it's a multitude of things. It's a multitude of things, and you know whatever happened in the dressing room in December, whatever happened to to the confidence, and was it down to the injuries? Was it down to something that that had gone off the pitch for one or two of the players? You know, again, we don't know. But there's been lots of lots of lots of different reasons. Why Newcastle United haven't been the same team as we were last year? I, I don't buy into this. We overachieved last year. You know, we deserved we we deserved to finish fourth. We deserved to qualify for the Champions League. We deserved to get to Wembley. Um, you know, you don't become a bad team overnight. Have some of the have have Newcastle been found out by some of the other teams in the Premier League? You know, and people have been studying them over the over the summer. There's there's lots of things that you could suggest might have happened, but. It's just an accumulation of things, lads. It's it's as simple as that. Not, you know, it, it's not the end of the world. But you know, to go from a team chasing Champions League to relegation form, which is what we're we've currently got at the moment. Um, not that we're going to get relegated, but you know, the form that we've got in the form table is we're fifth bottom in you know since December um, in in form alone. So. Yeah, it's 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 been tough to take, but I guess you know Tuesday night is is make or break. We win against Blackburn, get into the quarterfinals, get a home draw, and then you know things might look a bit brighter by the time we get towards the weekend. Okay, yeah. fingers crossed. Morning, Daz. Good morning, gents. How are we doing? Morning, Daz. Morning, morning. He's still all bunged. What a up. weekend, mate. Hey, what yeah. a weekend. Feeling any better? Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit better. <laughs> Steve, are you are you doing I'm sure all right? Sure, the major feel better. Thanks. Daz, thanks, Daz. A little bit better. Uh, yeah. yeah, I had to go and work at the weekend. You've just got to crack on, Daz. That's know, the thing. That's, like, you and I yeah. are just old troopers, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Super troopers. <laughs> Steady with the old. Super but troopers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, a, what a disappointing weekend. But uh, it's a new oh. week, and here we go again. We start again. We pick yeah. ourselves up, and we uh, dust yeah. ourselves down, and we... And start all over again. Oh. Yeah, well, we have no other yeah. options, do we, really? Okay, then, right, yeah, shows it. What? Who? What? <laughs> who who shows it? I thought you said start again. <laughs> oh, what do you got on this morning, Daz? Well, we've got our new Music Monday panel this morning. They're listening to um, three new releases from Paul Weller, Selena Gomez and the Kings of Leon. Uh, and we've no. also Ooh, got... No, Fon- Daz, yeah? what have you got on? <laughs> right. <laughs> mm, wouldn't you like to know? I think we've reached the end of this particular yeah. episode. Yeah. What was that quote? I've got one pound undies and 50 pence of them are up me. Um, yeah. So um, uh, we've got um, lowering, lowering the tone. I'm still on your show, so I'm all right. Um, listen, um, we've also got a brilliant guest on this morning, uh, Bill Ward. Uh, Bill was in Coronation Street a few years ago, played uh, Charlie Stubbs, the builder. Uh, he's appearing in the full Monty this week uh, at Newcastle uh, Theatre Royal. So we're chatting to Bill as well this morning. So, and of course, the quiz Fantastic. that is sweeping the nation. I wonder if, if you're doing the full Monty oh, on stage, do you, do, do you get your kit off? Can you ask him that one for us? Uh, I could ask him, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Might increase the sales from the women's perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah he knows? did say there was a big climax at the end, so I'm, hey, I'm assuming hey, that. Um, oh, you know, <clears throat> God. I know, I'm sorry. That's, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm on your show, so hey. <laughs> That's much total partridgeism, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> See you, boys. Have a good one. See you, See you, later, See See you tomorrow. Have oh. a great Monday. Bye. Truth is bulletproof, this 
no fool in you I don't dress the same Me and two you say I was yesterday I've gone all separate ways Left my living fast somewhere in the past Cause that's for chasing cars Turns out open bars lead to broken hearts I'm going way too far 